we are again, Disciple Nations podcast, Jason and Sam at the table. Woohoo! Woohoo! We're back to continue our little mini series talking about some of these Disciple Nations resource booklets that you've been putting together. Right. At disciplenations.net and the resource tab, you can see booklets. We've got seven to ten of these, um, and they are what we call spiritual primers or discipleship primers. Yep. Yeah, We've that's good produced stuff. about seven to ten. We've got now on Mark to do another seven. Yeah. And if you happen to come <clears throat> to or attend the Saturday evening mm-hmm. Disciple Nations gathering, New mm-hmm. Life Equip, we're calling it just New Saturday Life. Night Equip. Saturday Night Equip is what it's called. Yeah. Now. All right. Over at Christ Church. Right. Yeah. And so as you walk in, there's a table out. Yep. And I saw that on the table, there are the booklets and right. those are free to take. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Those are great resources to... Uh, to get a hold of. I, I read my first entire booklet mm-hmm. on the kingdom of God during an air, airplane ride. Is that right? Yeah, back from San Diego <laughs> last year or something like that. Hmm. And I'll tell you what, I got off the plane just kind of feeling like I knew a little bit more about who I was and what I was meant for That's awesome. after reading that. So those are great Good. resources. Really ought to get a hold of them. Yeah, and we did the can. booklets on purpose because we want to do a primer. We wanted 15 to 25 pages that would stir you in this subject, trusting the Holy Spirit to teach you and not necessarily write a book. Yeah, it's good stuff. And so uh, we're going to be talking about a booklet coming out called Presence-Based Ministry and Living. Right. And so that's uh, that's going to be fun to talk about. I have yeah. a, We had just a little bit of a jib-jab here before we hit the record button, and uh, I'm really excited about what that's, what that's going to bring. It hits home for me, mm. and I know you're passionate yes. about it as well. So, Sam, you were asked a question not too long ago, and the question was, Um, someone asked you, what do you believe is the greatest need in the church and in missions today? And uh, pretty quickly you had an answer for that. What was it? Yeah, that was, that didn't take long to think about. This is, uh, I believe that the greatest need is a living knowledge about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. What do you mean a living knowledge? Very good. Yeah. I mean, not a head level, just information based. I mean, a heart level experiential. It involves the head. I'm good with the good construct, of, but by living, I mean that the Holy Spirit's a person, unique, glorious, and I'm a person, and we have a living relationship. So I do not have a living relationship with Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> right. I know yeah. a ton about him. Sure. I've studied, I've watched the movies, everything. I don't have a, I have a relationship with his information. Mm. I don't have a relationship with the person. And so... That's kind of a problem, isn't it? Yes. A lot of people know about God, but don't actually know That's God. That's exactly right. Yeah. And they even interpret the knowledge of God. That word in knowing God is eternal life in John 17. That Intimate. word is the same word. Yeah, used that Joseph did not know no. Mary yeah. until Jesus was born. I mean, it's an intimate word. Very deep, intimate word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. So you think that the, uh, the lack of this knowledge can sometimes lead to powerless ministry and methods and strategies, right? I do. Yeah. So tell <laughs> and, me about that. I mean, that's, it, yeah. I mean, not to like it. I know that there's not any kind of cynicism in that statement. It's not ill willed, but not at all. Very it's, good. It's just kind of taking a look at something and saying, well, I think this is, the, this yeah. is reality. And yeah. sometimes it's not pretty. Yeah. I think many of the methods we use in church is because that's what we do when we are not operating by presence. 
the entertainment stuff, the skills, the deals, the try to put. And again, I love the sincerity. I think, you know, we talk about that as a team. We don't want to, we want to be clear about what we're saying, but we don't want to live in some kind of negativity and, you know, being a critical spirit. So that being said, (laughs) I think a lot of what we do is, is what we do when we don't have the anointing the presence among us. I think that's true for an individual too, not just churches. Sin is what I do when I'm not filled and satisfied with his presence. Mm. Right. I mean, as simple as it is, what sin is what I do is it's me missing the mark is what sin means. It's me fulfilling outside of his presence and ways, my desires, everything we do, everything aberrant thing in relationships or personally is because of a lack of presence. Yeah. So let's say we have, we have this knowledge or somehow we we're starting to experience the living God. We're experiencing the Holy spirit and, and we're knowing him in that intimate way. Yes. We're connected. We're listening. How does that then help a, a, a ministry or a person or a gathering? Yes. What, because this is what you're talking about, presence-based it is. ministry. It is. And living. That's right. Yep. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, the, the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And then the very next verse is, and we're all transformed by peering in, reflecting in the glory of God, which was in the context of relationship with the Holy Spirit, by the way, um, in the gospel of Jesus, is that we are transformed from one degree of glory to, to the other. Why I quote that verse is, true, genuine transformation and change happens from living interaction with the Holy Spirit in the gospel. That's a big deal because I could settle for conformity. The alcoholic can conform and learn new habits habits through the 12 steps. And praise God that they can do that, that are not a death being habits. I'm not speaking down. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're trained. Many of those people still say, I'm an alcoholic. Right. <laughs> well, we're talking about this I'm no longer the sin producer. I'm, I'm no longer old creation. I'm new creation. Right. This is whole out change, not conformity right. to so, a new way of life. So I've, I've, I was talking to someone just the other day and we were talking about some of our personal struggles and, and I said, you know, I've, I feel like I've getting, I've gotten out of some of the environment where I'm prone to sin, yep. but I also, th- I still think about the sin, even though I'm not in the yep. environment that makes me more prone yes. to manifest mm-hmm. and act on it. And I said, so I want the real change yes. on a heart level because you can put a murderer in prison for murdering people. Right. He can be there 45 years. And get doesn't out murder, murder anybody. Again. Yeah. He doesn't murder anybody murder for 40 years. Is yeah. he not a murderer? Well, no, he was restrained. Rest- exactly. He wasn't changed. Yeah. And so you're talking about, you know, you can put people in a church setting, right? You can put them in a gathering. You that's can right. get them in a Bible study. You mm-hmm. can, they can sign the membership card and give their 10% yeah, and that's greet right. people at the door. Mm-hmm. And just because they're in the environment doesn't mean that they're there's ma- manifesting Christ in the glory of God. Yeah. First uh, Galatians five sixteen would be this principle. If you walk according to the spirit, you'll not gratify the desires, desires of sinful nature. So when you gratify the desires of sinful nature is what we do, always teach is the, the question isn't how, why do I do, you know, how do I stop doing that? The issue is how at the front did I stop? How did I stop walking the Holy Spirit? What in me? Because this is what it says. If I walk or live by the Spirit, I will not gratify. I mean, the Bible's true. I will not gratify. So the question's got to be not how do I stop gratifying. It's about how do I stop? How did I stop living or walking in the Spirit? Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I read something that Please. you wrote Please. to kind of yes. help move us forward? Because this is a powerful statement, and I agree with it. Mm-hmm. And there are some people who will 
shift around in their seat Uh-oh. and then maybe have a little bit of a bitter root pop up. Uh-oh. You know, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you, you wrote here, it says, I believe that much of our sincere theological, traditional, historical, and attractional methods are the result of this epidemic illiteracy, and that would be of, of, of the knowing, Holy knowing the Holy the Spirit. Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Money, ingenuity, planning, beautiful structures, better speakers, bigger crowds, and better techniques will never be able to produce the transformational work of the Holy Spirit in the souls of men and nations. In fact, many of these activities are the result of what we do when we do not know the Holy Spirit. Are you okay with me having yeah, read I'm that? I'm squirming <laughs> in my chair and I'm repenting myself. Yeah. But yeah. I do, I do believe that. And again, that's a broad stroke statement. <laughs> and um, I'm not saying because of the methods we use, you know, everybody's doing that because they don't have the Holy Spirit. But I am saying that I think much of our leaning on it, not just using it, but leaning and trusting that it will be what changes people. And then we're, tr- then we're frustrated but, when it doesn't work. But it's so true. And I can tell you like at having been a church planter and being a leader of, of a thing, a yeah. gathering, a ministry, it's easy. Well, first of all, we have some sort of inclination in us to want to know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then we start to look at other things that are going on that have some level of, what we think is success. Right. And so then we take their strategies and well, if their building looks like this or it's that clean or they have that sound system or they have this kind of lighting or they have that dynamic speaker, well then we maybe try and produce that in our own midst because we think it's going to create some level of success. Right. Also, not just for the leader and the church planner, but people invite other people to those things, thinking that that's going to be the thing that changes them. Right. And we've talked about this before in another podcast. It's like on Wednesday at noon, you get a phone call and someone is in a hard, having a hard time. And you're like, you know what? You should really come to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And then the people are like, but I'm hurting now. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. And you've been equipped to carry presence that could bring transformation there. Right. It, but yeah. So anyway, so yeah, again sincerity and everything everybody's doing, but sincerity doesn't mean accuracy. And I think it's been an easy thing to supplant, to lean on our own understanding and not trust in the Lord with all of our heart. Mm-hmm. And I just think, I just want to have the conversation. I want the conversation right. with the body of Christ, with disciples about presence based. How are you knowing presence? Are you growing in presence? We know theologically he's always with us, but your consciousness of that is at different levels. And so growing, I mean, I've never talked to anybody that's been filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with joy and peace or filled with the spirit. And then they say, man, I'm right then. I really want to descend. I mean, no one's ever told me that. Yeah. I feel with the Holy spirit and I, and I really just wanted to despair and be discouraged. It doesn't have, it's not, it, it can't happen. Because that's not the fruit of the spirit. Right. Yeah. So we need the fruit manifesting mm-hmm. and praise God. This isn't about us. And when I think that honestly, people on it in grace, not any make light of sin in any way, but go, that's the great lesson of sin. That's what I do when I, had lost before walking in his presence. Yeah. So I want to work on that. What is it? How do I sacrifice that and go outside of that? And so that changes the conversation yeah. and the focus. Sure. And I, and I was just kind of thinking of something because, you know, oftentimes we, we use phrases like, well, God showed up. Yeah. When in actuality, we just tapped into. Probably we showed up. Right. He we was showed up in him. Yes. Our faith activated our focus and boom, he did what he loves to do. <laughs> and he can't help himself from doing it. Right. And then no. we just agree with what he wants to do. Right. Yeah. So, so kind of, it, maybe this is ironic, but flesh that out a little bit of what spirit based ministry or presence based ministry actually yeah. looks like. So maybe just give me a scenario. I mean, 
Can you think of, yeah, of um, how to describe that? I know that like when I'm, I did a discipleship meeting the other day with a guy and I'm leading him and he's frustrated and he's trying to work through some things. And I could tell he was efforting and we're in a restaurant, um, in a, in a place and, um, we're talking and I start to lead him away from trying to fix those problems. And I start engaging him about when's the last time you've had heart level interaction with the Holy Spirit, where the spirit is filling you, it's trusting you. And he's like, man, I can't even remember. I go, okay, here's what we're gonna do. Uh, more than us talking this out, I want us to wait on the Lord together and, and, and actualize, um, affirm our theology, which is Christ is in, do you believe Christ in you by the Holy Spirit? Yes, he said. And as he's saying, I'm saying the truth, that's beginning to activate the truth. His heart, I could see, he could start to, you know, focus on that instead of his issues. And, it, and he began to do it. We waited on the Lord. We look up after I go, amen. We waited on awkwardly for a minute or two there. <laughs> and I look up, he's got the goofy smile on his face. Oh, yeah. Because the presence of the Lord is filling him. Joy is manifesting. Joy, some peace is coming. The angst is leaving. He's focused more on who Jesus is and less on what he's not. And when he's doing that, he's being filled. I literally said, and, and the meeting went over, I'm leaving now because you're having a better meeting than you're having with me. And I wanted him to sit there in the presence of the Lord and have that communion. So I left. So that led to, I had an assignment for him to do that a few times through the week. And he came back reported and there was fruit being bore from that, which is good. So that's a presence based in a desire, um, in a, in a corporate gathering. It's worship is one of those things that does happen when we worship. Now we could just be entertaining, but there's a real great focus on global worship. Worship in music is a great way to get everybody's souls focused on the living up. We're talking to him, not just singing about him. Worship today is very intimate and focused on him. And I think that's a good thing <laughs> that happens. Absolutely. I think it's that leaders that get up and say, no, not just being noisy, we're going to wait on the spirit. We're going to wait and be still. And and you're you're led, and I've had moments where, because of the presence of God, um, I a sermon I'd prepared for, I did it yesterday in a training. I had this whole thing worked out that I felt it was gonna be great. But in worship, I felt His presence shifting my focus, and so I shifted the word. Um, because it was presence led. We, we always say we pray, we lay all of our agendas. We prepared the best we know by prayer and leading, but we're not inerrant. So we're going to, your presence is going to lead us in this. So help me understand, because I, I love that. <laughs> I love, and, and you know, it's, it, for some reason within churchianity, we have to label everything a certain thing. Oh, yeah. you have more of a charismatic yes. Pentecostal flow to your service right. or, or liturgy or, you know, why we, first of all, we have to categorize it all, Yeah. but how do you get someone who's so used to maybe a traditional <clears throat> style service? Uh -huh. Everything is planned. We know exactly what we're going to do. Right. Like, wh what do you think stops somebody from, from, allowing for a quote unquote awkward moment to wait. Yeah. And what, what do you think helps people be more open to saying, I had a sermon prepared. We're in the middle of a series. I'm okay with laying that down mm -hmm. and shifting my preaching calendar that I plan for the next year. Yeah. You know, how, how do we, how do we have a heart for that? Yeah. I think it comes from a higher value, which is why we're writing this booklet and why we're doing this podcast is trying to heighten the value of presence-based spirit-led life and ministry over the plan that I have in the service. And hopefully, because listen, when you walk into a meeting like that and you're in the front, there's no way around. You don't want people to be bored. 
You want them to have a good experience so they'll come back and for some noble reasons. I want them to come back because we want to be family and all that. You know what I mean? But the highest value, if we'll admit it, is I don't want them bored and I want them to come back. That's not, that shouldn't be the highest value. The highest value is I want the pleasure of the father and I want his ways to work here. So listen, the issue, the difference between being agenda based and, and, and Western focused of if it works, then it must be right. Mm, pragmatism. Pragmatism. Or am I, am I presence driven of if my spirit senses a yes and a pleasure and I'm led and I'm obeying, then I've succeeded by obeying whether any, you know, everybody liked it or didn't like it, that, that value, I think you got to heighten the value. I love, I love obeying him. I love his presence. If people don't experience his presence, all they did was interact with information and my culture I just produced, then I think I've missed the point. And so people can come to that point, I believe, shepherds, if we disciple and they have this higher value. Now, there's risk and rewards with all these things and there's a cost. There's a cost to it because many people like with around Jesus want entertained or want stuff. Heal my body, multiply my bread, as we talked about. Eat my flesh, drink my blood, take me in. That's not thousands leave when that happens. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No, I, I think even part of that cost personally for me was dying to self and allowing myself to relinquish control of what people were experiencing in our gathering. I can remember very specifically one Sunday evening, we were meeting on Sunday nights and there was something happening in the service that I was maybe a little, I I felt a little awkward about, but Mm -hmm. I was trying to be open and allow people to shine and, you know, do what, do what they felt led to do. Hey, I feel led that I need to sing this song. We'll go ahead and sing this song. Right. Okay. You know, (laughs) but I remember there was a certain, there was a new, there was a new guest that week that I knew that had never been to our church before, but I knew them from outside of the church. And they came in on that specific Sunday where I'm standing in the back feeling really awkward about the way things are going. And I'm, I'm kind of squirming. (laughs) And I remember just telling myself like, okay, Lord, you brought that person here for a reason. This is your gathering. Mm. You do. I, I'm going to let go of this anxiety because this is not of you. Yeah. I'm going to let go of this control. This yeah. is not of you. Yeah. And I'm going to allow you to do whatever you're going to do in this. And I'm just giving it to you, even yep. if I think it's weird. Yep. It doesn't matter. Yeah. This yeah. is your thing. Mm-hmm. And that person is still a part of our spiritual family today. Wow. That's really interesting. From, you know, yeah. I just, but it was, it. what did I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't do anything. Yeah. I didn't try and fix something. I didn't yeah. have a, Hey, we need to fix this awkward pause in our sure. in our gathering. Sure. There was no I just oh, whatever you want to do, Lord. Right. And he bore fruit from it. Yeah. And I think again that what we would say and what you're saying, that's a great story, but is that we're not it's not about being organized or unorganized, about doing the sermon you prepared or not doing it. I mean, it's about what's the spirit it's about sonship. Jesus is said, I'm only doing what I see the Father doing. Now, that got him in trouble with religious order because the Father was healing on Sabbath sometimes and telling him to tell a guy to take his mat home, okay? Yeah. And he didn't do it to break Sabbath and be the rebel. He did it because that's what the Father's what the father doing. doing. And the Father might just have you do exactly the plan you had planned and nothing's awkward that morning, but sometimes it, I'm just saying, are we in or are we, all, are we not in right. on discerning? And so your original question is building a high value yeah. for sonship. Yep. I'm not doing this to perform and produce. I'm doing it to obey and be faithful and lead people to living encounter with the gospel in Jesus. And, and really it takes, yeah, it's, it's a high value on those words, your will be done on yeah. earth as it, in, as it is in heaven. And also not my will 
but nevertheless, yes. your will That's right. be done. It's good. And so again, a relinquishing and saying it's what you want. So if I can talk just a little bit yep. about the source Wichita and kind of how we've shifted. And I think we talked a little bit about this in our episode on equipping ministry, yep. which if you haven't listened to, you should. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah. So uh, we, one of the phrases that's been coming out of my heart recently for the Sunday morning gathering is that to relieve all pressure. Now, I still feel pressure sometimes, mm-hmm. but when I get here and it's it's time to start the service and right before I walk up, I, I turn in. I, I, I realize the spirit's here. I tap into the heart of the father. And, and that's just reminding myself, father, you want to minister to your people today. Your sons and daughters are here. You love them. Mm. You're filled with mercy and grace. You, you are just and righteous and, and you're merciful and we can receive grace in our time of need. So just reminding myself of these things so that when I walk up, I just look around and I'm, I'm tapped into the heart of the father and I'm saying, the Lord desires rest for us today, you know, and, mm. and I, and, and so I always say we're tapping into the heart and the mind of the father today mm-hmm. to see what he wants to do in our midst. What does he want yeah. for us in this moment? Yeah. And so sometimes I have a word and it's been prepared for a week and he confirmed you give this word, yeah. but even just surrounding communion and worship and prayer, here's what we're going to do to today. We're going to shift a little bit here and there. Here's what the father wants to do. But having that mind and that understanding and that heart to say, what do you want to do? Yeah. How much th- there's freedom in that. We yeah. think, you know, we want to control things, right. but we, th- yeah, the true freedom is allowing the father to do what he's going to do and his will on earth as it is in heaven versus our will. Because sometimes I have to strive to implement my will, Yeah, yeah. Amen. but it's so, it's so much easier to just let the wind of the Holy Spirit blow as mm-hmm. Christ said, it's mm-hmm. coming and going. We don't know what it's going to do. <laughs> yeah. But that's how it works. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. And that's you submitting to that principle. That's awesome. So this is a biblical reality, obviously, all the way through the scriptures that starts this issue of presence. We see the Lord obviously very present at creation, right? He's creating everything. And then he's hovering over chaos, which we think the fall happened there, the spirit. And then the presence of God is with Adam and Eve in the, our first grandpa, Adam and grandma Eve, they're in the (laughs) garden and the Lord would come in the cool of the day. And so presence is a primary thing and access to the tree of life, which was that uncreated life that kept the creature going forever. When they fall, and we won't go through that, but the biggest loss of the fall is not a garden that's real pleasurable, and it's, it's, it's the loss of his presence. Yeah. They right. lose his presence. They're as a kicked life. out of the garden. That's right. So it's a different relational thing of his presence. They are now dying because they don't have that life, tree of life anymore. And they're outside of that place of more intimate communion with him. Then we're going to start seeing men reaching and pursuing um, through altars and calling out. And a few, not all, are calling out upon God, but calling out. They're not walking with him in intimacy. That's what's happened in the Garden of Eden is there's a, an intimate thing that's happening with Adam and Eve in the cool of the day. It's, you know, and where the Lord's like, where are you? And he knew where they were, but where are you? You know, it's, it's such a statement of we were, we get together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now what's going to happen after the fall is I set up an altar and I look up and I call out to God. I call in the name of the Lord. There's a separateness to it yeah. that's happening and a gap and distance. And it's all because of the fall. Sin, sin again, like we say, the, the great reward of the gospel is God himself. I get it presence. So the great tragedy, what makes hell, hell is God's not there. You know, it's, it's that yeah. 
Yeah, that I've lost it. The great tragedy of fall is I lost God. I lost him as my communion, my, 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 yeah, my life source and everything. And so that's the horror of the beginning of Genesis that hurls us into an age of lost people. Yeah, and I think that sets the precedence for what is gained when you're no longer lost. Yes. Yeah, you, your, your, yeah, your gain is that which was lost in the first place. Yes. Which is was him. 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 Yeah. The and reward of the gospel is God. It is. Said. Yeah. And his literal living, not information about him, not the benefits of him only, which he's, there's many benefits, but him. Yeah. <laughs> there's not just yeah information about him or benefits of it. Him. I get him. And the, and, if I, and, I, and so we need to preach the gospel like that, I think, is that what, what you're lacking is the presence of the Lord. You're yeah. missing him. Mm-hmm. That will lead to you not having life in you that's eternal and it'll be in hell and a punishment for but you can mm. be redeemed back to him yeah. and have heaven and what makes heaven heaven is god's yeah. there you just don't need god in your life you need your life in god yes mm. and i know one preacher made the statement if heaven was streets of gold and it's all good and there's no sickness and grandma and grandpa are there and everything no more wars would you still want to go there if jesus is not there and he was making the assessment that almost he believed most western western believers go well of course i no more pain I got golden streets. I'm not sick anymore. Grandma and grandma, we're all together. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And they were okay with Jesus not being, you know, because that was the end of it. Yikes. And it was like, oh, that probably betrayed. We want his benefits mm-hmm. often over him. And at the sure. core, that's can even be idolatry. Yeah, I've heard, pe- exactly. I've heard people say, man, I, I'm going to have so many questions for God when I get to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm going to have so much awe and wonder and I'm not going to have words. And then I'm going to worship and then yes. I'm not going to have words. And then forget questions. Yeah, good luck asking questions when you're <laughs> overcome by his glory yeah. <laughs> in fullness face to face. Yeah, you're going to forget a lot of those questions. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. That's so true. the presence, that tragedy happens. But then we see the development of Israel and the Lord reaching to Abram and making promises. But the, but, but the place where this really kicks into gear at another level is when Moses comes out. They get out and God wants to get them out of Egypt. And now the persecution, the trial but once they get out and they're in the desert, he'll immediately say, I want you to take up an offering in uh, Exodus 25. I want you to take up an offering among them because I want to, I want to produce a tabernacle so that I may dwell among them. Exodus 28, so God 25. still eight. desires he's to be pursuing, among his people. He's pursuing, yeah. We're going to set up this tabernacle system with all its blood and its process, yeah. which we find out from Hebrews is in heaven, that it's a pattern of the one in heaven, but it has all the prophetic stuff of the atonement and the entrance yeah. into God, Hebrews the tabernacle. So beautiful with Amazing. all Amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we see that, but it was like the, the desire, I love the verse, so that I might dwell among them. Right. I want to be with my people. So he's there by cloud by day and fire by night. He's in the Holy of Holies and Shekinah glory. And we see him pursuing that that tabernacle kind of thing. And that's how Israel works. It gets to a temple and they're meeting with God in a location, if you will. Right. That's a temporary location. But here's also what he's not doing. He's not saying build a tower to the heavens so that you can reach me. No, that's Babylon. Yeah. Yeah. That's the Babylonian spirit. He's not saying, well, you guys fell, so I'm just going to wait on you to find your way back to me. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's right. We have a we have a God who woos us and pursues us. That's right. That's yeah, right. It's beautiful. But even when He's doing the tabernacle, we get the picture of the veil. The veil splitting the holy of holies. It means that there's still separation. One priest can go uh, in a year yeah. and do the deal. So it's like He's making a statement. This was the Holy Spirit was saying by this. Hebrews will say that you know that it's not complete yet. It's not done. It's not consciences can't be cleared. So that's why that tabernacle. Yeah, but uh, so real quick, Moses was allowed to go 
on the mountain to yep. get into the presence That's of God. Right. That's However, right. if anybody else touched the mountain, they would die. Is That's that right? That's exactly right. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's an amazing and thing. And so, again, then only one man one can man, enter in. a mediator. It was, it was Moses, then it was the high priest. That's right. Once a year yep. into the Holy of Holies. That's it. So limited. Yeah. And everybody else is in terror and their sin and separated from God, but he's pursuing, pursuing. Yeah. But then we see Jesus come yes. as the great high priest. Talk yes. about that. So Jesus comes and he is presence in flesh, John 1, 14. Emmanuel. And the word became flesh. Flesh. Yeah. God now, the greatest visitation ever on planet earth is God's now in a human being. Yeah. Not a burning mountain even, or a tabernacle, or the miracles that happened in the Old Testament. We've got the second person of Yahweh in flesh. He's the fully God, fully man. And what that means is his, he's tabernacling is what it's, that word is there. He's tabernacling. So presence, the presence of God has now entered into the fallen Adam race and is manifesting himself and he can't help himself. He's healing. He's casting <laughs> demons out because he's bringing the kingdom of God, not just a rule and a reign. The rule and the reign exists because he's the king. His heart has all the authority mm. and power and present. I'm, I mean, that's a visitation. It's one thing to be in the Holy of Holies, <laughs> to be in a cloud, but he came in a man. He came in the womb of a woman. I mean, what did that feel like for Mary yeah. when she, boom, conceiving Jesus, Holy Spirit's inner, moving inner. As we talked, I talked about this yesterday at training. He's like, Jesus is filling people with the Holy Spirit from the womb as a fetus. You remember that? Yeah, John the Baptist, John the Baptist. prophesied you'll be he'll be filled with the spirit from the womb as a baby. And he is when Mary greets Elizabeth. Yeah. And I, the baby leaps and she's filled. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's like it makes me think of when the disciples were walking and even their shadows were healing yes, people. Yes, exactly. It was like, yeah, Christ came in flesh as the yes. presence of God and the kingdom couldn't help but manifest That's around right. him because it's exuding who he is. That's the deal. Yeah. And he's like, I got to. So John 16 is, I got to go. This has been good. My presence has been manifest. You guys are in. You left everything for it. But it's for your good I go away so that I can send him. Which is, I want to get the Holy Spirit here. I, he was with you, but he's going to be now in you. And so presence just keeps coming. and It's in a tabernacle. It's in a man. Now it's, I'm going to come inside you. Mm -hmm. stunning honestly yeah. so that happens jesus dies on a cross yes. raises on the third day right pays for the sins resurrects new body right hand of the father receives the spirit pours him out day of pentecost yep so at the crucifixion upon christ's death the veil is torn yes thus signifying yes no more separation that's right between the holy of holies separation and man and both dynamics for sure i think could be man can come in but god can come, come out. out yeah it's huge yeah so, but it's about, let's be together. Let's be, this whole thing culminates then in a wedding. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to, we're going to, Jesus is going to wed himself to the church. I mean, we're close to him now, one in spirit, but there's something coming up. And so this issue of the Holy Spirit being there is the reward of the gospel is we now have living presence. And this is what a big deal for us. Every discipleship meeting, I'll sum it up a lot of times for me, is just trying to get people to be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's their chief disciple. Are you aware? Almost all our language betrays that we're not. I mean, it shows I ought to be reading my Bible. I ought to be praying. I'm like, what are you talking? Yeah. What are you talking about? You know, has the Holy Spirit the spirit of God, the language of a disciple is the spirit of God is moving in me to do, to, do, to right. this, to that. The Holy Spirit is moving, you know, 
That's the language. Well, in multiple places, Jesus promises that he'll send the Holy Spirit. If I don't go away, I won't send the Spirit, but the Spirit will come. He'll be your helper. He'll be your counselor. He'll remind you of the things that I've said to you. But then even when he gives the Great Commission, go make disciples, baptize them, teaching them them to obey. And then he says, and surely I will be with you even unto the end of the age. That word with, Mm -hmm. presence. It's presence. He's saying, I'm going away, but I'm going to be with you. And that promise comes in the form of the Spirit so that we're never... I will not leave you as orphans. That's he really says, "Good." Yeah. There's something about presence and living presence, and just our awareness that He's with us all the time. He's never away from us in public, private, uptown, up times, down times, righteous times, temptation. He's right there. I mean, I, I mean, honestly, think about the power of presence just in human relationships. If if, if I got a group of people accountability <clears throat> in a room, I wouldn't do some of the things I would do in private. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's presence. True. Presence. Yeah. It's got a power. It's got light. Gosh. It's light. The The delusion is wow. that we're ever alone. Help us, Lord. Yeah. What if that broke into our consciousness? I'm never alone. He's with me, not only with me, empowering me, as real as anything I'm around, and plus there's angels in the room. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, so growing in a revelation of presence has so many glorious benefits, the delight of our heart, the accountability of our time and a present where we are. And we're just dull in this area because we've related a lot with principles and process. We've counterfeited presence sometimes with principles about God, process of how to do church or do Christianity, and we've lost presence. Yeah. And that's the point of the booklet that we're going to write and the point of our discipleship in a lot of ways. We're not anti-principle and anti-good process, but if that's a counterfeit substitute for presence, well, that's how, diabolical. How much more power is there in the <clears throat> life of a disciple when you are continually continually cognizant of the and aware of the presence of the Father with you and in you and desiring to move it's through everything. you. You can take the kingdom anywhere yes. at any time. Anytime. You, there's no more compartmentalizing your no. life. There's no more compartmentalizing ministry or effectiveness That's or right. opportunity. That's right. There's it's no everywhere. on and off switch on his presence with us. Yeah. He's there. We're just not there. Yeah. So we're training us how to be there. And this should be the core, you know what I'm saying, Jason? I think this is one of our core of discipleship is I'm strengthening the inner man. That's why I think that's what I think is going on in Ephesians uh, chapter three, verse sixteen, when he's praying. He he proclaims things that are truth. You're seated in the heavenly realms. He never prays for that. You're seated in the heavenly realms. You're sealed this way. Never pray. But he'll pray for stuff that's up for contention. And so he's praying for the believers that they be strengthened in their inner man by the power of the Spirit, so Christ would dwell in their hearts by faith. Mm-hmm. I believe the huh. language for that is you need power. You're weak in your inner man. <clears throat> and because of that, the, the, the flesh is more real to you. Your, your consciousness of what's most real is what's feeling most strong is the impulse of your body or your mind or that relationship or those finances. You need power in your inner man and infusion so that you can do the abiding life. So Christ would dwell in your heart. It's the word, because it's an interesting thing. A believer, you know, isn't Christ dwelling in their heart by faith? Well, not necessarily. He sealed their heart. Mm. Wow, there's a distinction. Yes, the word is dwell. I'm praying you get power in your inner man so Christ would dwell. Abide, abode, be a living experience. Your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
Yeah. And because sealed, you can be sealed and not be abiding. Abiding. You can be sealed and not filled, Ephesians 5.18. He's like, I, you need to have the full living experience. God's done his objective work. It's true in you, whether you're paying attention or not. But I want your engagement in who he is. Yeah. yeah I think that's so important, what you were saying about what feels more real to us. Mm-hmm. The pain in my leg is more real than my faith that I have no pain. That's exactly right. You know, yeah. or yeah, or the desire to the do, desire, to yeah. gossip, to be prideful, sure. to lust, to greed. It's that's way more real. And I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah, but it is we, in my experience, my consciousness. Again, it goes back to living by <clears throat> faith, not living by sight. Yes, but so often we think what we see and touch and feel is the real deal. Yeah, and that makes when, us a person. Yeah, it's connected not only me doing the thing, but it makes me feel alive. Yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. That's why boredom is such a. Uh, a tyranny on our soul because we're made. We're, we often do a ton of what we're doing because we're bored. And then we bored, we feel meaninglessness. And then we need meaning. And we'll find meaning in death places often just so I have experience. Momentarily. Yeah. Oh, I feel alive again. I'm a human because God yeah. designed us that way. Mm-hmm. He designed me to be fulfilled and to succeed and to overcome and to be sexual and to, he made me that way. It's, so the enemy's counterfeiting will fulfill that here to become a living human being. Yeah. That's wow. not if that makes sense. Yeah. Most people need to feel something in order to, to know or to feel alive. Yes. But they're okay with feeling bitterness or depression. I know. Or pain or yeah. yeah. And not I'm not making any kind of remarks sure. concerning depression and sure, exactly. But yeah, you know, it's yeah. I'd rather be in pain than be numb. Yes. Or Just something, something like that. that makes yeah. me feel some sort of stimulation. And I know I'm alive and I'm I'm a, yeah. And I have meaning. Yeah. And me, he put that at our core that we'd have meaning. That's why Solomon's gonna write under the inspiration of the spirit of Ecclesiastics, meaningless, meaningless. I tried everything under heaven. I did it all. And yeah. at the end, it's empty. The only thing that matters is the will of God. And you know what I mean? How he'll uh-huh. sum it up yeah. and the duty and whatever. But it's like he, he experienced it all. Yeah. So this presence-based uh, ministry in life is such a big deal to us in how <clears throat> not only we have individual experience, which has been a lot of our discussion and corporate experiences at church, but filling the nations with his presence. Mm-hmm. The, pres- the, the presence of God is absent in so many, obviously, nations in governments and all that. And so we've got prophecies like Habakkuk 2.14, that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth even as the waters cover the sea. Yes. My presence is going to fill everywhere. My name will be made great in every place. Mm-hmm. His fame will increase because his presence will infiltrate by the gospel, saving people and producing worshipers, lovers of him who are interacting with his presence, and he's going to fill the earth. There's supposed to be no place on planet Earth where he's not. And so we're carrier, that's what we say in Acts chapter two. We're carrier, the spirit comes on sons and daughters. We're carriers of his presence who are prophesying, saying the truth, mm-hmm. what is in his mind all over the earth. That's what the church is. Yeah. And so we are, uh, it's incumbent on us to produce resources like this podcast and booklets and have to, to train people. I'm trying to train pastors and leaders who believe this, you know what I mean? But we just kind of talk through it because we've often ended up leaning on a ton of other stuff. It's true. And not gone for presence. And I don't mean it charismatically. I mean what we all mean. God's alive and he's with us. So he speaks, he talks, and we need to know how to be sensitive to his presence individually and corporately. Right. And so it, this all culminates into what you just talked about with uh, Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however mm-hmm, you say it. Mm-hmm. It all culminates with the earth being filled with the presence of the Father. That's right. And at that point, 
then we get new earth, new that's right. And so he's that's here. Where what? I, gosh, there's one scripture where he says, "And they will be my people, and I will be their king." Yeah, and yeah. it's such a beautiful image of that day where it all culminates into yeah, that's fullness, good. and it's fully redeemed and. Yeah, and presence is here, and we're, we're, we're back with them. Yeah, and there's no need for a son because he's our light. Amen. Amen. Yeah, him among us is the goal. And so, I, just one last comment here. I, sure. I want to say just personally about the prayer movements going on in Wichita and some other places. I I say this to people, and I'm just going to say it publicly that I'll say it in some uh, kind of trying to just be whatever way, but I'll say the prayer movement's a trick. <laughs> and what I mean by that is not a trick, but it is, it's a means to the end. That's really what I mean. <clears throat> the prayer movement is not me just trying to stir up prayer or, or us trying to call people. We want to get the city church into the presence of God. That's where all the good stuff happens. Prayer is a means where we can come into agreement about that. So that's an important thing. I'm not build, trying to build an organization. We're not trying to, we want to get the city together in the presence of God, and he that's where all good things happen. And so in discipleship or worship or Saturday night, tonight I'll be, this is a Saturday night, I'll be uh, be doing that. We're going to try to lead people into encounter with his presence, mm-hmm. not just information about him, not just principles, not just a process we do tonight that they commit to and declare their allegiance. We want them to have interaction with his presence. And so we want to lead cities in unified movements because there's an increase, honestly, Psalms 133, of presence of our experience of his presence when we come together. There's a commanded blessing when brothers dwell together in unity. And so mm, yeah, I, uh, I used to want to fix the church and me <laughs> by systems and thoughts and my latest revelation that was progressing about how we ought to do church or how a Christian ought to be. I have given up on that. <laughs> I am done with trying to fix wineskins. What I want to do is get people in the wine. Yeah. Let's get me in the wine. That's what transforms me, not mm-hmm. my systems. What gets the city, what gets the church, the presence of God. He changes and humbles us and does amazing things. It's true. And you think about how if with the prayer movement, we're getting hundreds mm-hmm. of city leaders and mm-hmm. people who love the Lord into the presence of the Father. Yes. They're receiving, they're getting identity. They're, right. I mean, you can even get strategy and mission from the Lord sure. in his presence. Strategy is not bad, That's but right. you have to get it from him yes. in his presence. And as you work that out in your context, according to your gifting, your calling, and your role, where the Lord has placed you, then the glory of the Lord, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will fill the city. Yes. And so we do our part here. Yes. And then it's all a part of that larger mandate that, or that thing where it's going to fill the earth. Right. So we cry out with Moses, you know, unless your presence goes with us. Don't send us. He right. knew it then. Mm-hmm. Your presence is the deal. Yeah. You know, we got to have it. We got your law. We got the tabernacle, but your presence. Yeah. That's what distinguishes us from any other people. Mm-hmm. What should distinguish me from an unbeliever? The presence of God. Yeah. Not just I don't cuss. Mm-hmm. His presence. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And we so have we access. Yes, we do. And he's with us. Amen. And it's, Amen. It's simple. Yes, it really you just is. Gotta turn in. That's right. That's I love that. I, someone taught one time uh, here at the source, and they just said, you know, just give. You just need to turn in and give your time and attention, mm-hmm. and that's all it takes. In a moment, yeah. you can turn in and time and attention and focus. Amen. Therefore, let us fix our eyes on Christ, yes. the Author and Perfecter Amen. of our faith. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. All right. So, more books coming out. More resources going to be available. Hope you all enjoy the podcast, Sam. So good to be with you again. Excellent to be with you. I don't brother. know when we'll see you next, but I know we've got some um, some other DN guys coming yes. on talking about some different things here right. in the next couple of months. And so I look forward to that as well. Excellent. God bless your Shabbat Shalom, sir. Yes, thank you. All, All right, rest. brother. We'll yes. see you.